Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent bride Allison Henry about her escape event with an added dessert party at Walt Disney World. And she had some unusual circumstances during both her ceremony and her reception that I thought would be interesting to you guys to hear how she worked with them and how Disney resolved them and how it all turned out. So welcome, Allison. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm interested to know how you guys decided you wanted to have an escape wedding at Walt Disney World. So my whole family are um, Disney fans. We've been going to Walt Disney World every two years, basically, since my sister and I were about 12 years old. And five years ago, my sister had a Disney escape wedding. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm having. (laughs) Now, I hadn't met my husband yet, but this was what I was doing. So he was very aware from the time we started dating that if we got married, we were getting married at Walt Disney World. That's awesome. And so it wasn't a deterrent because I know some people have been like, you know, oh, I want to do something totally different or, oh, she stole my idea. But for you, you were like, I'm sold. I mean, I just loved the way everything flowed. I did look at doing a Disneyland wedding, especially now we live on closer to the West Coast of Canada. So Disneyland's a lot closer for us. And that's actually the only park that my husband had been to with his family and had been to period until we got married. But uh, I, although I liked the idea of having the sit-down meal, it didn't come with the annual passes and it didn't allow us to have the long vacation that we really wanted. We stayed at Walt Disney World for a little over three weeks. I, I couldn't see myself staying at Disneyland for three weeks, especially if we were buying annual passes to do it. So Right, right. Yeah, because at Walt Disney World, there's just that much more to do there. Okay, so then it sounds like your friends and family were not completely shocked when you said that this was what you wanted to do. Is that right? My family knew that's what they wanted to do. My mom was like, well, we'll just do exactly what your sister did. And I was like, ah, no. You know, she got married at at, uh, the Yacht Club wedding gazebo, and I'd fallen in love with Seabreeze Point. So that's where I wanted to do it. And I liked the idea of it being on the water. And I wanted something a little different, but there was definitely elements of what my sister had done that I really liked. For a while, I was going to go with her cake, but I ended up ordering a special cake for them for their anniversary on our trip, and we got two different kinds of cake. Oh, that's great. Okay. So how many guests made the trip? In total, we had, including us, we had 13 adults and two kids. One was my my two-month-old nephew. Oh. So you said that you fell in love with Seabreeze Point for the escape ceremony. Did you have a reception? We didn't have a reception. I wanted to do a dessert party. And originally I looked at doing the typical Epcot dessert party and possibly doing a Soren mix-in. But my very first ride ever at Walt Disney World was Tower of Terror. And it is still, to this day, my absolute favorite ride. And I wanted Tower of Terror to be a part of my day. I love the whole vintage 
anything from like the 1920s up to the 1950s. So our ceremony had a slight kind of 1940s nautical feel and uh, with a couple twists of Little Mermaid in it. And then for our dessert party, we changed it over and did it at Hollywood Studios and did a Tower of Terror mix in. And I changed dresses so that they would let me ride Tower of Terror. We kind of kept the vintage feel going. Okay, interesting. Now, your venues that you chose didn't end up being the venues that you used. Can you talk a little bit about what happened and how it turned out? So when I got up on my wedding day, it was gorgeous and the skies were dead clear. And uh, I thought we were all set. I went off to breakfast with uh, my sister and my mom. And uh, we had breakfast and we walked back and it was gorgeous and hair and makeup started and we had the blinds closed because we were getting ready in the room. And all of a sudden, the phone rang, and uh, my sister answered, and she's like, they want to know if you can get over to the phone. And I was about halfway through my hair, and I was like, yeah, I could probably come over there for a second. And it was my planner telling me that it had started raining, and we were almost probably going to be rained out, but she didn't know for sure. And that was the last I heard anything until I went downstairs for our first look, and it was pouring but I still didn't know where we were going. We had a uh, vintage car take me and my dad to the ceremony. And that's another fun story because I had requested a specific vintage car and they sold that vintage car before my wedding. Oh! So I had a backup vintage car. I had originally asked, there's a 1949 Pontiac Silver Streak is the car I ended up with, but I had originally, there was a 1948 Chevrolet Fleetliner that I had fallen in love with. It was navy blue, which were my colors, navy blue and hot pink. So I was kind of bummed that my car was, and I, again, I didn't even know if I was getting that car or if I was getting a backup car until the day of. Hmm. I walked out and was like, well, that says Pontiac on it, so I guess we have the silver streak. But it was also navy blue, and I actually ended up loving the car, and the driver was amazing. So we had a lot of fun with the car. My dad was my dad knew I wanted a vintage car, but he didn't. He didn't know which one I'd picked. Neither did I. So it was fun sitting with him in the in the car and talking to the driver as we went to the ceremony location, which I still didn't know where I was going to. <laughs> so we drove up to the conference center, and I got out of the car and asked where I was going, and they were just like, "Oh, just down this way." And I was just sitting there, kind of going, "Okay, that's nice, but literally, where am I going?" <laughs> To your left isn't a particularly helpful direction when, you know, you still have no idea what's going on. So I had asked if the attic could be our backup rain location. And so I'm like, well, are we going there? What's going on? But we just had one of the conference rooms at at Boardwalk. But it had an absolutely gorgeous chandelier. And my sister was very excited because they got to throw open double doors for our entrances. So (laughs) That's awesome. How did it work with the car then because if you had been at Seabreeze Point you would have gotten to go all the way down the boardwalk and then all the way back after the ceremony and in this case you went from like the portico at boardwalk in a few feet away to the conference center did you get to ride in it afterward so afterwards um, we did a bunch of photos out front at the conference center with the car and then we used the car to take us over to yacht club to continue doing pictures with our photographers oh that's good so you got your money's worth Yeah, I think so. I didn't get to ride on the boardwalk, though. I was pretty bummed about that. Aw. Now, tell me a little bit about the package when you were planning. What elements of the typical escape package did you choose, and did you upgrade any of them? 
So I went with just the basic package. I added a tiny bit of decor at the last minute when I got really freaked out thinking we might get rained out. I added just some swags of chiffon in our wedding colors, navy blue and hot pink on either side of the chairs. That was about $150 because we had 12 chairs or something. So they just added one swag on each side in each of the colors. And then I went with the Elegant Scrolls cake, but I upgraded the cake a little bit. They allowed us to, I had sent in a picture of a cake with navy blue ribbon around the bottom that had basically the same Elegant Scrolls design on it. And they allowed us to add the blue ribbon on it for a small fee. And then we got two different flavors of cake and they let us upgrade that for another small fee. Ooh, neat. What flavors did you get? Uh, We had red velvet with the cream cheese filling for the bottom tier. We had the amaretto and almond crunch for the top tier. I got the rose bouquet and the rose bouquet for my sister. I had them change the colors. In mine, I had it about 80% hot pink roses and 20% ivory roses. And my sister's was the reverse, mostly ivory with a little bit of hot pink. Oh, nice. Okay. So now you talked a little bit about how it worked with finding out that the ceremony had been moved. Can you give a basic timeline for how the day ran? I got up at about 7 a.m. and uh, made up the room knowing that uh, my dress steamers were coming in at about 9 a.m., I think. They came in and steamed my dress, and I had two dresses, my long dress for the ceremony, and I had a short dress to change into for our dessert party, and my sister's bridesmaid dress. And it was while I was pulling the dresses out with the steamer there that we realized that my bridal salon had not included my veil. So I live in Calgary. I was now in Orlando, and... The bridal salon didn't even open until noon Calgary time, which is 2 p.m. Orlando time. So there was absolutely nothing they could do about it or I could do about it at that point. But the company that I hired to steam my dress, the owner is also a personal shopper. So the girl who was steaming my dress called her boss and uh, I talked to her and she was already coming to disney for uh, an event later to see someone else's dress later that day so she stopped at a couple bridal salons on the way in and uh, found exactly one veil that fit sort of what i had had before in my pr- the price range i'd given her and uh so i paid her for a veil and had a veil on my wedding day That's at awesome. the last possible second <laughs> wow she was still steaming the dresses when I left for breakfast. I was meeting um, my sister and my mom for breakfast. I walked over to Captain's Girl at the Yacht Club, and we had a nice sit-down breakfast together, just the three of us and my nephew, because he's kind of attached to my sister being two months old. <laughs> and uh, just had a nice, relaxing breakfast while I had a mimosa to calm my nerves after discovering that my bridal salon hadn't included the veil. <laughs> it was the first thing I said to the waitress when I sat down was like I'm having a mimosa thank you but uh so then we walked back over to the room hair and makeup arrived for the three of us at noon I had Patricia Lejeune so I had to (laughs) my mom has very short hair and wears very little makeup but I paid for her to have her hair and makeup done so that I would meet the six services required for the wedding and my sister and I both have very long very thick very curly hair down past our waists So they were glad that really they were there to work on us because they spent most of their time doing our hair. (laughs) So uh, we started with hair and makeup and uh, I was about halfway in when Lori arrived with my veil and uh, she steamed my veil out for me. We hung it up. 
we finished hair and makeup about three o'clock, I want to say. Patricia and her girls left, and uh, Regina Hyman, my photographer, arrived about uh, 3.30 with her husband, and uh, we did the usual getting ready, pr- pretty stuff around the room pictures, and then uh, Regina shooed her husband out, and then my sister was given the job of not letting her forget that Gary was in the hallway. Yeah. We all forgot Gary was in the hallway. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, we did um, pictures of me getting into my dress, and uh, eventually my sister remembered how to lace up my corset. So now I was in my dress and we were pretty much all set to go downstairs. We went down and I did a first look with Cole down by the red couch where lots of people do their first looks. Regina realized, well, I realized while we were waiting, we were waiting upstairs for the elevator and I realized that up on the landing, I could see where Cole was waiting for me. So I was peeking at Cole and when Regina came upstairs to grab us, when she realized what we were doing, um, she decided to shoot her part from up there um oh. gary shot us from down from the first floor and regina shot us from above from the second floor so that turned out really cool and we did a couple pictures around outside along the side of the building where we were covered by the awnings and uh one picture out um where there's that pass through and you see the to the boardwalk sign mm-hmm. regina put put us on like the third stair which was as far as we could go without getting soaked and uh, shot up so she could get at least one picture with the boardwalk sign. Because <laughs> at this point, it was still raining pretty heavily. Guests were going past, going back out under the rain so they wouldn't splash us with their soaking wet coats. And uh, so we didn't have a lot of room to play with for first look pictures. We did most of them inside, came back and did a bunch on the, the staircase inside. And then they took Cole off and uh, they. Uh, led me over to where my dad was waiting for me and dad and I got in the Pontiac and it drove us over to the conference center which I mean there's a little bit of driveway there so there was people staring and looking at the car that's a very cool car that gets a lot of attention so they took us over and I got out of the car and I had no idea where we were going or going on and I walked over and my sister was standing in front of the doors and she, lo- she looks at me and she's like, look, double doors for our entrance. And then they opened the double doors and away she went. Hmm. And uh, then I went in with my dad and we had the ceremony and they had the cake cutting and everything set up just at the back of the room. So we all kind of processed out for photos and they switched the chairs around really quick from the, the seating arrangement for the ceremony and just kind of moved them off to the side and around the tables and uh, then we came in and did our cake cutting and our first dance. I'd also added the classical guitar to the violin, the violinist that comes with the package. Um, I had originally just wanted to swap them out, but they were I, they were going to charge me, I think, $400 to just swap it and $600 just to add the second musician. So I decided for $200 I would just have two people rather than paying $400 just to swap the musicians. So... So we did the usual pictures in there, and then we went back to the boardwalk lobby, and we did some pictures outside with the car because the rain had stopped, and we did a bunch of pictures, all the family portraits and everything in the boardwalk lobby. And then uh, Cole and I jumped in the car and drove over to Yacht Club with Regina uh, Regina and Gary met us over there, and uh, we did pictures at Yacht Club, outside Beach Club, walking all the way around the boardwalk. We went into Seabreeze Point and got a couple pictures inside Seabreeze Point. And then that's where Regina and Gary left us for the moment. And Cole and I basically ran back to the room 
and I walked him through the world's fastest unlacing of a corset <laughs> so I could swap dresses. And uh, I threw on a pair of flip-flops and grabbed my heels, and we ran down the pathway to be, uh, be at the entrance of Hollywood Studios where I'd asked everyone to meet us. We actually we changed so fast that Re- when Regina and Gary walked back to Yacht Club, grabbed their car, and then walked, uh, drove back over to Boardwalk to see if they could pick us up and drive us, and we'd already left. So um, we met all of our guests outside of Hollywood Studios and uh, met our media guides, and that's when I told everyone that we were riding Tower of Terror. At that point, the only before that, the only people who knew were my sister, her husband, because they had to find something to do with the baby, and my mom knew because she'd read our BEO. <laughs> Somehow, when Cole read the BEO, he didn't notice it, and as soon as I realized that he didn't know, I decided I wasn't telling him. <laughs> so that was a big surprise for everyone. In fact, all of Cole's brothers didn't believe me for a basically until we were there. So they let us into Hollywood Studios and they took us just right inside the gates to, immediately to your right. There's a faux gas station set up and uh, we did a couple pictures there. Well, they waited for permission to take us through that part of backstage and they cut us through backstage from there to right outside the Tower of Terror. And then they took us in through the Fast Pass Plus line at Tower of Terror and set us up with our own library, where we did the entire spiel. This was where we, we left four of our guests behind. My nephew stayed back with uh, the only non-family members at our wedding, who were there with their five-year-old granddaughter. They kept the kids while we all, all the family rode the ride. Ironically, those two family friends were invited to my sister's wedding as well, and they missed her ceremony when the yacht club told them that her wedding was the next day. So... This was my chance to give them a do-over and see a Disney wedding. Huh. So they stayed with the kids, and we rode Tower of Terror, and we met them. They let us do some pictures inside the library, and then they let Regina snap a photo of us all on the ride, all buckled in. And then our media guide leapt in and rode with us. And because my sister was smart enough to throw magic bands in her purse, and my husband had one in his pocket, we have the video of us all riding Tower of Terror and our on-ride photos. Oh, great. And uh, so we stopped and checked out our pictures and met up with uh, our last couple of guests who were waiting with the kids. And then they took us to the bamboo room at Hollywood Brown Derby where they had set up our dessert party because they were afraid it was going to rain again. I see. So instead of going to the patio at Fantasmic, you had your desserts in the bamboo room, which for my listeners who are unfamiliar, it's a small private room off to the side inside the main dining room of the Brown Derby. And it's where they hold the dining with an Imagineer and different special events. Yes, we actually ended up in that room about a week and a half later for dining with an Imagineer. Ah. We all fit better at dining with an Imagineer, though, because we weren't all trying to mingle around. But uh, so what they had done for the dessert party was we had four different kinds of sweets and they had set us each up with a plate of the, the desserts. They had them all plated for us. And then there was a table on the side that had our slider bar and our fondue. Unfortunately, um, I had also asked for and paid for a meats and cheeses display that was nowhere to be found. Mm. So I'm still working with my planner to figure out what's going on with that. So, but at least you had the sliders for sort of a savory, you know, almost dinner-like item and then a lot of sweets? Yeah, that was, I mean, the plan was to have some sort of appetizer options. I had said, I had all my invitations and my uh, wedding website and everything 
said that it was going to be appetizers and dessert and had given all my guests lots of options if they wanted to stop and have some real food on the boardwalk while we were doing our pictures. I'm not sure that anyone decided to take advantage of that. I think everybody, everyone except my sister and her husband were staying at some place around the boardwalk. My parents were over at the Swan. Cole's family was using our DVC points in a two-bedroom at Beach Club, and my other guests were staying at Yacht Club. So everyone could go back to a room somewhere and relax in the air conditioning, and I think everyone just decided to to do that and just wait for the dessert party for food. So I was kind of bummed that we only had one savory option when there was supposed to be a few more. We'd also done, we had four different kinds of wine, and uh, we also added the Grey Goose Lemon Citron Slush from France to the dessert party. And uh, those were just charged BOC. So we ended up getting a bunch of money back from those because all of my guests were so, so hot. We just drank a whole ton of water. Mm. They were just handing us water bottles anytime we turned around. So we mostly drank water. So hopefully we can uh, resolve the issue with the meats and cheeses and I can get some my money back for those ones. Because I went through my pictures when I got them back last week and I 100% did not have a uh, anti-pasto display there. So, hmm. However, when they took us into the bamboo room, they pulled me aside and said if we were going to the first Fantasmic, which was the original plan, um, we would have about seven minutes to eat our desserts. They suggested that probably wasn't enough time. I agreed. And they said that instead what they could do is they had a private place reserved for us in the frozen fireworks fast pass plus area and they would let us go watch the frozen fireworks and then they would take us from there over to phantasmic and we could watch the second phantasmic showing that's great it's like a twofer exactly and then they also told me that they would let us walk out down sunset boulevard because i had asked about getting some pictures on sunset boulevard and they said that after the second phantasmic they'd let us walk out through sunset and we could take as many pictures as we want to there that's great so then I had to run over to uh, Regina and make sure that uh, they could stay for two hours longer than we had originally paid for. So once uh, we worked out a rate for that, I went back in to uh, enjoy my dessert party and they went over and set up for the frozen fireworks. It was actually really cool because we got a bunch more pictures, fireworks pictures, than we would have with Fantasmic. With Fantasmic, the outside photographers aren't allowed to shoot with any external lighting or any flash. So they can't really shoot the couple in front of the show. Hmm. What we did was we had it set up so we would get all the fireworks pictures and everything during the frozen fireworks. And then at Fantasmic, they just shot the show and were able to use pictures they took of the show in our wedding pictures and in our slideshow and everything that they did up for us. That's nice. So uh, we went over, we walked over to Frozen and we watched the fireworks from our private area and got lots of comments on the fact that we were all dressed up still. We watched the fireworks from there and then they held us um, at the, the fireworks location. They let the crowds disperse from there and then they took us through um, backstage from beside Tower of Terror basically up the back way through to the private patio and we were on the center patio watching Fantasmic. That's great. It was just a, a big long row of chairs and uh a bunch of Disney assistants with bottles of water that they would hand to us. All we had to do was raise our hand if we wanted water and they would come bring us another bottle of water at our seats. We sat and enjoyed the show. Then they held us on the patio till the majority of the crowds dispersed. 
and then they escorted us out back out to right in front of Hollywood Tower of Terror. At that point, we asked, uh, we had two guides with us, so we asked if we could let, it was about 11 o'clock at night at this point, so we asked if we could let the rest of our guests go, and uh, if we could just keep Regina and Gary with us and have the escort go down Sunset Boulevard so we could shoot pictures down Sunset. And uh, they agreed, so one of the guides took the rest of our guests back out the backstage way, um, the shortest way to the main gate, and uh, let them go. Then we walked slowly up Sunset and took a whole bunch of pictures up Sunset Boulevard in my short dress. So That's great. Three days later, four days later, when we went back and did our pre-park opening in-park shoot at Hollywood, at Hollywood Studios, I had pictures with my long dress, so this way I had a little bit of both. That's great. Wow, you guys really covered it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your attention and budget and where were maybe aspects that you were less interested in and you could save some money and time? I was most interested in um, photography. I knew I wanted Regina. Um, I loved Regina's work since she worked for Disney. So I knew that I had to go outside for photography. And uh, then for food for the dessert party, I wanted to make sure that even though we weren't having a real reception, my guests were getting something actually substantial to eat, not just desserts. Right. That was where we focused most of the budget. I'm probably the only person who got a budget back for the dessert party that was $70 a person and went, oh, that's not too bad. That's less than I thought. (laughs) And what ended up being your favorite memory of the day? Aside from the ceremony, of course, I have two. The first would be um, during our first dance, looking at Cole going, like, how long is this song that I chose? <laughs> we both just started standing there and dancing and dancing. And we thought it was over and it wasn't. And we're still dancing. <laughs> we're just looking at each other. And at one point, he's like, you thought it was over, didn't you? I was like, yes, I totally thought we were done. <laughs> It felt like the longest song in the world. Now, I don't know if that's because we had literally never danced together until that moment, or if it was just really a long song, but uh, I I don't think If I Never Knew You from Pocahontas has ever seemed that long before. (laughs) And then the second one would be standing in the elevator, or the library at Tower of Terror, reciting every word to the the pre-show video with my family. That's great. Now, we talked about how the rain threw kind of a monkey wrench in your day, but it actually turned out pretty awesome where you got to see two different fireworks shows. Was there anything else that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? Aside from the meats and cheeses not showing up at the dessert party, everything else, if I went back and did it again, would I prefer to get married at Seabreeze versus a conference room? Sure, but that definitely didn't ruin our day at all. Um, Everything else was just something that came up and we dealt with it and we moved on. We still had a great day. That's cool. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? I was worried about the timeline because I found out that we were supposed to be going to the first Fantasmic and we were doing our ride mix in while the park was still open. I really had no idea how that was going to work. Since that's not how our day ended up going, that's not how it ended up working. So I'm still not exactly sure what the timeline was supposed to be. But uh, I I was really worried about timeline the whole time, about making sure that we had enough time to get pictures, making sure our guests had enough time to relax after the ceremony before they had to go to uh, Hollywood Studios. Because we had the 5 p.m. ceremony spot, um, and we were supposed to meet uh, outside Hollywood Studios at 8 p.m. 
I wanted to make sure that the guests had time to either grab a bite to eat or cool off somewhere. But uh, it seems like it really worked out well for everyone. Everyone looked refreshed when they when we met them at Hollywood Studios, and we had enough time to get the pictures that we wanted around the boardwalk. So in the end, it worked out really well, and I kind of have no idea how the timeline actually flowed, but I didn't really need to be worried about it either. Right, right. Now, you kind of had a, a lucky little bit of hindsight after your sister had just gone through the same thing a couple of years before, but was there anything you did learn in the process that you wish you'd known when you started? I was worried about communication. Not only do I live two time zones over from Disney, I also work overnights. So I don't usually get up until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is 4 p.m. Disney time. Mm. So anytime I had to go back and forth with my planner a bit, it usually took a couple days because by the time she would send me an email and I would get up, she she would be gone from the office before I could answer. Hmm. So it always took a couple extra steps, but she was so great about getting back to me so quickly that basically I would send the email while I was at work on overnights. And if it was a weekday, she would get back to me by the time I woke up and I would just send her my answer that night. So she would have it when she came in the next morning. Oh, perfect. But uh, the only time it became an issue was when I had set up a phone conference with her and with Regina. And both of those, I think my conference with my planner was at 11 a.m. Disney time and with Regina was at noon Disney time. So that's 9 and 10 a.m. here. So I either had to stay up for those or get up for those, which was challenging when I work 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. Well, then, do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I know right now Disney is really kind of pushing away from letting you customize the cake and stuff. But anytime there was something that I was interested in, I asked. And sometimes the answer was no, but more often than not, the answer was yes. So just keep asking. If there's stuff that you've, you've seen before that you are really interested in or that you really want for your wedding, ask. The worst they can say is no. And the best thing that can happen is they can say, sure, we can do that. Sometimes there's a fee involved, but when isn't there with Disney? (laughs) That's great advice. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I'm working on a planning journal on uh, Disboards. I have links to all of my pictures. We had Regina shoot our whole wedding day, and then we had both a Magic Kingdom shoot and a Hollywood studio shoot and swapped out our ceremony photography for a resort shoot on the last day of our vacation so all three of those are up in my disney album and regina's stuff is up on her site so i have links to all of that on my planning journal great well allison this is really helpful information especially for anybody who's nervous about what's going to happen if it rains and they're having an escape event and i think you've provided a lot of great insight and maybe even reassurance for brides and grooms who are worried about that so i appreciate your taking the time Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, Check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp. 
or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com.